Hey, good morning, beloved. I'm Pastor Jonathan, one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you to uh, this beautiful service. What an incredible worship. Amazing. Uh, I want to welcome those who are joining us uh, online. I know many people are traveling over the holidays. So anyway, today's the fourth Sunday of Advent and rounding third and heading for home. Here, Christmas is two days away, three, three days, three days away. And so we've been looking at throughout Advent just uh, what it means to have this Savior who was born, who was given to us, for us as a gift. And we come uh, to know a deeper understanding um, that we are all lost in darkness and held in, in captivity to sin. Yet God had this plan called Christmas. And as Galatians 4.4 4 says, but when the set time God had come fully and sent his son born of a woman. And so God sent uh, Jesus Christ and through his life, death, and resurrection, and our faith in him that we might be saved and we might experience the totality of salvation. Like me, you may uh, cringe, and I used to cringe when I'd hear all the, those uh, preachers proclaimed, uh, ye must be saved or you're going to you know where. And and I, I would just like, man, there's so much more to it than that. And you'd hear the hellfire and brimstone. And, but Christ does save us from that. But there's so much, so much more. There's abundant life. There's healing in profound ways. Mind, body, spirit, relationships, and our eternal life. And we should never be the same. I remember my wife, Kim, had this little poster up on her. Uh, I first met her. We started dating. She had this little poster. It said, I'm no longer the same. Jesus made all the difference. And after I went on a retreat and gave my life to him, that poster meant so much more. I knew what it meant. And so Jesus came to bring wholeness to us and all the things that might hinder us from walking fully in a redeemed life. Anything less than that wholeness Jesus offers falls short of God's total gift of abundant life. And so this series was filled with good news of our salvation, that he came to bring healing. You saw in this video all the ministry of what he had done to break the bondage. And today we're going to look at the abundant life that Jesus gave to us and how we're called to share this gift of life to others. And I remember when Mark Putman and I started forming this message a few weeks ago, we were giggling because we were like so excited to be able to present this to you, the abundant life found in him and through him. And so we begin with this passage from Matthew's gospel. We catch a glimpse of the angel's appearance to Joseph in a dream. And we're introduced, and as we were a few weeks ago, to that, that word salvation, which is so-so. And it's used again in this chapter in Matthew, beginning verse 18. Take a look at this with me. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And after this consideration, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she'll give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill 
what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded. He took Mary to be his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So from the angel's very first pronouncement to Joseph, he was told that Mary was carrying this, this person, <laughs> this baby that was coming, that would save his people, that would so-so his people from their sins. And Joseph awakens from his sleep. He remembers that, that he needed to name him Jesus. And Matthew tells that the birth of Jesus was a fulfillment of the prophecy. In other words, he's sending his son had, as the sending of his son had been God's plan all along. And Isaiah foretold it uh, for uh, hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. Recorded in 714 of Isaiah that a virgin will conceive and bear a son and call him Emmanuel. And so can you, can you imagine Joseph before this dream, the profound grief of having his fiancée pregnant. And as a man of integrity, he was going to dismiss her quietly. But God was faithful to Joseph and ministered to him in that dream and told him the plan, and he was brought in to that plan. And we see and we know what happened. That this so-so specifically means to save us from the penalties of judgment, the belief in Jesus as the Son of God and his saving work on the cross delivers us from the penalty of our sin. Think about that. The saving work on the cross delivers us from the penalty of our sin. When I was in college, I attended a, a retreat called Chrysalis. It was the uh, first Chrysalis, college Chrysalis in the state of Ohio in 1991. And I sat at the table of the radical awesome dudes on a mission with puffs free, no inks, no dyes, no perfumes. And so I have to say that all the time when I introduce myself in these uh, Maus and Chrysalis retreats. And I remember all the stuff before I came to that retreat that I was carrying and, and was really, I look back and was really oppressed by. And one Friday night after hearing the story of the prodigal son, him coming back home to the father and confessing his sin and receiving that forgiveness, I, I, I had that weight upon me as I came to the altar. It was as if I was thinking about all the wasted years that belonged to God that I was squandering, and now living in that fashion, I wanted to change. And like I said, I went to that altar, and I was ashamed of what I'd done. And there was a lot of guilt. And my table leader, Dan, came alongside of me faithfully, and he helped me in my ministry and ministered to me. And he listened, and I found there incredible forgiveness and love that the judgment or the penalty for my sin was taken away by the ministry of Christ Jesus. And that he was the complete remedy for my life to heal and deliver and experience that complete freedom. And then I found that I was launched in walking relationship with Jesus Christ, personal relationship, and launched into abundant life from that. And I remember I just couldn't get enough 
of loving on others. I'd come up and I'd love you, man. I couldn't stop crying. I was hugging and just couldn't get enough. And I couldn't wait to see uh, Kim and, and love on her. And so God desires to launch us into that abundant life through the ministry of Jesus Christ and desires. And it is his will for you to have abundant life. And I'm not just talking about life. I'm talking about life, you know. Boom, bam. Not going through the motions as fellow travelers on the way to the grave. No, sir. Abundant life found in him. Webster's Webster's Dictionary describes abundant as a, a presence of a great quality, more than adequate. And folks, you know it when you see it, don't you? You can feel it. I love Matthew 5.16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, abundant life cannot be hidden. As it is lived out through our God-given personalities and what we experience and do and live our life connected to him. And this God light, this light of light, it begins to stream out of us onto others, beaming so that others would say, what's going on here? And then they'd learn and they begin to glorify God. I love how through the Gospels, Jesus shares sentences about his mission. Usually it begins... Uh, with statements as to why he came. I have come, I have come, I have come. And we see those throughout the Gospels. And so we have this one in John 10, 9 through 10, and it substantiates this. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, he's the doorway or gate to this light in life. And you notice the word Jesus uses here, I come that they may. And that word may is a very, very important word. You see, abundant life is a choice in him and through him. It is God's will for you. Like I just said, it is his will for you to receive that invitation to tap in to life abundantly. You know, I've been on Facebook for a while, since like 2008, and and you start to see, and I've done this before, I'm getting very savvy at at doing these kinds of things, and I I wanted to invite people to this Ohio State-Michigan game, and we were watching it somewhere, and and you have three clicks that you can click on. You can say, uh, going, or interested, or not going. And you see like 43 people are interested. You know, I'm interested in maybe attending that game. I think God's like, click yes. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. We can't walk around life. You know, I'm interested about this abundant life, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. God's saying, come in. Wait in the water. Come in and experience that fully in him and through him. Enter into that realm of life. I like Deuteronomy 30. It's about choosing life. 15 through 16. I have set before you today life and prosperity or death and destruction. 
For I command you today to love the Lord God, to walk in obedience to him, keep his commandments, decrees, and laws, and then you'll live out and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. It's ours to behold. And it can be exchanged unto us. We can possess it each day, life, prosperity, blessing. And I'm not talking about the material. I'm not talking any prosperity gospel. It's wholeness. God doesn't want us to be stagnant. He wants our life to be increasing in its usefulness and effectiveness. And he consistently told people about who he is and why he came. You know, we can revel in that acceptance and turn and then therefore participate in this abundant life offering to others. Time and time again, Jesus showed that. I love the story of Zacchaeus. You know the story if you read it in Luke 19, 1 through 10. And little, little Zacchaeus climbs that sycamore tree, and he just wants to get a glimpse of Jesus. And so Jesus enters Jericho. He's passing through it, and there's a man by the name of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector, folks, despised, and he was wealthy. So he was really good at his tax collecting job, and he wanted to see who Jesus was, and because he was short, couldn't see over the crowd, he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so he came down at once, and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this, they began to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, What? Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. And you see salvation fingerprints and molding all over Zach's life in that. And Jesus wants to enter into our lives just like that. And he invites, you notice he invites himself into that. He wants to come. Now Zacchaeus said, no man, you're not coming to my house, brother. But he says, this guy accepts me. He wants me to come into this type of life. And there's a transfer. And it's not a transfer of taxes anymore. He sought him out. And you see the others muttering, oh, he's going to be a house, he's going to a house of a sinner. No, that relationship was established. What had happened is Zach showed his gratitude for his salvation. He began to show fruit of his salvation. And you see, you see and hear the echoing and of, of abundant life. Abundant life is, is more than simply a good doer. Abundant life is lived out of the gratitude of what God has done for us. Abundant living is not something that we're able to do on our own. We can't try to say, oh man, I'm going to try to get some abundant life today. It is ministry unto him or unto us from him. Abundant life is also life, with, life that shines as light in the dark and it's outward focused. It is a life which is an example for people to follow. It's a life through which people can find the way and experience that deliverance out of darkness into the light life of God. You know, I think this abundant life through us and in us 
and if we allow it to flow as conduit to others, it really is influential in our world. And our world needs just positive influences. I remember when I first got up here, Pastor Mark was preaching, and, and I was really shocked at what he said. He said, I want you guys to start making more babies. And I went, whoa, I took it back. I don't know if you remember that. But he was like, he basically summed it up. He said, we need more people in this world having good people having and raising good people. You know, we need to have, be, have houses that are going to have a bunch of kids blessing others. I like making that proclamation again. Around here as we celebrate Christ's birth. You know, it, God wants to impact this world where we're at home or work or among friends and relatives and, and have our children learn these things about abundant life and the rhythm of life through him. And as we live and move and have being in him, that it can be rep represented to this world in so many ways. And no matter what your age is, you have that gift. You see, in this story, Zacchaeus, we see it. He went beyond what was way required by the law. In fact, he doubled it because life came in to his life. And so the story of Zacchaeus also shows us that anything that you share, you will regain. Let me say that. Think about that for a moment. Anything you share, you will regain when you are in Christ Jesus. You are, and it will be. We're created for sharing life. Would you like to spend a, a miserable day? <laughs> Go to an amusement park by yourself. Ride the rides by yourself. See shows by yourself. Now, there's a sense of solitude. It's a, it's a marvelous thing to have sometimes, to spend some of our really enjoyed hours alone, and I know I need to recharge, but charge, but solitude can only be enjoyed when it's balanced with those whom we spend time with and pour our lives through Christ Jesus into, to share, to commune in abundant life together. And in our life groups, isn't that incre incredible when we share life with each other? And I dig it. I love it. Wouldn't it be sad if we have a beautiful painting hanging in our house, a Rembrandt or a Picasso, and never be able to show it to someone else or have people say, come on in, come into my house, see this painting. Or how absurd it would be to have someone who has this type of painting who puts it in a vault and locks it up. That work of art needs to be shared. You are a work of art as a new creation in Christ. And you have to share it, man. You can't contain it to yourself. You can't hide it under a bushel you got to knock the lid off and beam. You see, God created us to have an insatisfiable thirst, as I need some water, <laughs> to live in this world. When sin entered into the world, so did discontentment, my friends. Discontentment with life. God desires for us to seek more out of life in the midst of our circumstances. The problem is, is when we displace our desire for more because of our discontentment. And I think when we live a life outside of abundant life without Christ, there will always be discontentment. I'm satisfied in him. I am. God created us that way. I think the purpose of this tension we feel with what we want and what we have is to point us to God and to point us to eternity. And we're meant to experience that eternal abundant life now.
I love Psalm 61.3. Oh God, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And God wants us to have that type of thirst. And, and with God's economy, my friends, and we're getting into receiving maybe all these gifts, it has nothing to do with worldly possessions that one day will vanish, where moth and rust will destroy. Instead, it's about what's eternal and internal. And once we receive that abundant life and live in the rhythms of that, we begin to live life as ambassadors of Christ. It's right up here. Paul proclaims it. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, who was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though once we were regarded in Christ this way, so we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And listen to this. He says, all of this is from God, who reconciled to us himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He has committed to us a message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see the transference of ambassadorship of abundant life through this, this proclamation by St. Paul? This new creation ministry that we're partners with, that we're ambassadors of, that we represent to the world? It's incredible. We have, a, we have an incredible gift of being able to present this message of reconciliation to the world so that the world can experience the abundant life of Christ Jesus. I think it's so cool how Jesus uses all these metaphors to describe himself so that we can get it. And it's amazing. Think about him. He attaches us to himself and his mission. Ever notice he says, I am the light of the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. And then he says, come to me all who are thirsty. And then he says, out of you come streams of living water. I am the vine attached. You are the branches. We're a part of this abundant life, fruitful ministry. And as we fall more and more and more and more and more in love with him, we become like Christ. And we're ambassadors of this reconciliation. And we're standing in the gap, and we're taking the hand of another person, and we're taking the hand of God, and we're saying, brother, abundant life, life eternal, forgiveness and love is right here. And we become that conduit to proclaim that to the world. I, there's no greater time than now, man, where we can come around the crib together and say to our neighbor, take a look at this, this gift of salvation found in this one who has been given to us as Savior. You and I get to be Christians and do Jesus' ministry. Living water. I love when he says this. Man, he's dry again. Um, it's like my Linus blanket. John 7. You, you see it in there. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, the scriptures say streams of living water will flow. 
from him. Isn't the world parched? So dry. We have to pour and be so bold. And the Holy Spirit will always nudge us to pour nourishment because people are just gone and starving for nourishment. It comes from the spiritual. We're created to pour lives into others, our lives into others. I remember I was, I was actually staying at a hotel at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and I remember coming in from duty, and I was, I was getting a drink from a fountain um, there, and right by that fountain was this plant, and it was, it was dry. It was dying, and I was just drinking water, and I was noticing it, and I'm like, here's this plant that's dying, and here's a water fountain. Why is this happening? And I didn't know what to do. I was away, you know, I was, I was away from the front desk. I probably should have got a cup, but I just filled my mouth up with water, and then I went, <laughs> I, I did that like 20 times. I felt sorry for that plant, man. This is compassionate Jonathan doing his, you know, maneuver anyway. <laughs> but it's... You, you get that? Don't spit on people that don't know Christ, but man, just be light and nourishment and abundancy uh, to them. Our lives, lives are shining examples of Jesus Christ. An abundant life is all about, it's all about being connected to him and falling more and more in love with him. We can reveal a revel in God's full acceptance of us and live a life in his grace as a daily reality. You see, I just don't want to know information about Jesus. I want to know him. And he wants to know you and interact and show you what it means to love and experience his abundant life as a gift. You know, one of the things that really was cool that happened yesterday, and, and I saw that partnership come after our, our service at the brewery, the owner of, of Little Miami, uh, Dan Lynch, came up, and he had a check. And, and I consider, he doesn't go to church, but the only church he goes to is at that brewery, and I consider myself to be his pastor. And he gave this check to help, $250. And, and I, at first I talked to him, I said, would you give $150 to, to some of the ministries that we're doing to, to feed people under the Third Street Bridge downtown? And a lot of the folks that are connected to this ministry go down there from Faith and Friends on tap. And he, he came up to it with that check for $250. And I just feel like I'm holding his hand and I'm holding Jesus' hand and God's, the, take his hand. <laughs> And he's partnering in that mission and ministry. I think about what Pastor Roland uh, said at the beginning of the service. service uh, $858,000 water, living water, truly bringing life in Africa. And I got to proclaim that yesterday after our service, that that's what our Christmas offering's all about. And these partnerships is we're connected. And there's so many ways to get connected at Anderson Hills to Abundant Life Ministry. We don't know, ever know what to get our father-in-law, Papa, Bruce Schindler. Man, I have no idea. He's got a closet full of Buckeye gear. And it's like, so we're going to give some money to the water wells in his name, and he's going to love it. 
And you could do that too, coming up Christmas Eve. But you can also invite people to hear the gospel on Christmas Eve. That's one of those first steps. And then also you can pour nourishment to a person around you, a neighbor, friend, relative, or associate, and tell them about what God is doing in your life and share that abundant life. Because like I said at the beginning of this message, you can't, you can't contain it. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, I thank you for the fact that you desire to give us this gift of abundant life. And you say, may, may we choose this day as we fall deeper and deeper in love with you to allow your abundant life to flow through us. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's beloved people said, amen, amen.